Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude our study of the book of Jude with verses 20 to 25. Verses 20 to 23 reads, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Jude ends in verses 24 and 25 with one of the greatest benedictions or doxologies found in the New Testament. Please listen to Pastor Scott Basolo as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, Your Necessary Spiritual Circle. That we live differently than the world around us. That we understand that there are only two options, to receive this choice and to live in light of His Word and obedience to it, or to reject that truth and to spend eternity separate from Him in punishment and eternal exile. This is exactly what Paul is proclaiming in this building up in Ephesians 2.20 where he says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Our faith is that which is built on what others have shown, on the truth of the scripture, on the truth of the gospels, the truth of the epistles. These are the things that the apostles brought forth, that the prophets had before them told concerning the coming of Messiah that we now build our lives upon. This is the truth. This is the hope. This is where we must be founded. The conveyance of the body of this most holy faith comes to us in doctrine, that which is conveyed in Scripture, just as we read in Acts 20.32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. It's God's word that brings that grace to us. It helps us see. We sing these great hymns of the faith because they reveal to us the truth of who God and Christ is. And they help us to see doctrine in a unique and fresh way. And it is in receiving that doctrine that we are built up to understand our inheritance, to understand this process of sanctification which we're going through. And then Jude gives us three additional ways in which we're to build ourselves up in the next verses. And the first is praying in the Holy Spirit. The term for prayer here is an all-encompassing term. And it includes each of the many forms of prayer, whether we think of, of praise, whether we think of thanksgiving, whether we think of confession, whether we think of intercession, whether we think of supplication. All of these are embraced in this term. As Dr. MacArthur well notes, this is not some special ecstatic prayer. This is not something that you have to have a special gift to do. This is not something that is outside of the, the ability of every believer, even if they are a brand new Christian. Rather, it is, as another commentator notes, prayer that is immersed in the Holy Spirit 
and shut off from the world's evil. Can you relate to what that kind of prayer looks like? How easy the evil of the world, the things in our lives come in and they haunt our prayer. And as we're trying to focus and to plead and to have communion with our God and Father and with Jesus Christ our Lord through His Spirit, the world just comes crashing in on that prayer. And this particular prayer is that which is devoid of that, that in which we are in perfect communion and harmony with our Father. This is prayer that is in line with Romans 8.26, where Paul writes, In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Our prayer is never going to be perfect. But it is that which, as believers in Christ, the Spirit moves through that prayer and that He brings that prayer before God the Father and in those weaknesses and in those things that come in between, which we would seek to have completely devoid of, the Spirit moves those because He seeks to bring our hearts into alignment with the will of God and does so as we are faithful in our prayer. In verse 21, our description continues, keep yourselves in the love of God. This is the main command in these two verses, and it is again our verb to keep, previously mentioned and here occurring for the fourth time in this short letter. This is how the believer protects themselves from the horrors of apostasy that have been revealed in the previous verses. The reflexive element of keep yourselves is just like we saw back in verse 20. It is your responsibility to do this. One commentator notes, it is your responsibility to be obedient and faithful to live out your salvation just as Paul proclaims in Philippians 2.12. And Paul writes in Philippians 2 and 12, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Our lives require obedience. They require our work. They require our effort that the salvation which has been given to us is then acted upon because then it is God in us working out that sanctification. Faith is always connected with obedience. It isn't that which produces faith for that would be work salvation or works righteousness. And no one can earn or merit heaven. None of us are good enough. Romans 3.10 says, None of us are righteous, not even one. So there is none that is good. And if there was someone that could be good enough, if we could do enough good things, or if we could earn our way to heaven, as many of the so-called faiths would proclaim, then Christ would not have had to die. And God would not have sent His Son to waste that beautiful, precious life if there were any other way. And there is no other way. But this is the faith that is evidenced through works, as James 2 speaks about, which, by the way, our men's and our ladies' Bible studies are firmly in the middle of, and this week we'll be discussing the aspects of faith and work. The final facet is at the end of verse 21, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. So this process of keeping yourselves in the love of God by building yourself up, by praying, is now supplemented by waiting. 
But notice, it is waiting anxiously. It is a confident expectation. This is the Christian's hope. And it's what it's all about. You know, this time of year, if you have children at home, or if you remember when you did have, that that tree would go up. And then you might wrap a present or two, and you'd start putting them under the tree. And all the little ones in the house would be like, oh, whose name's on that one? Is that for me? Do I get to open that gift? That, beloved, is waiting anxiously, excited about which, that which is coming, the delight and hope of that which is presented and which awaits our final reception. This ultimate expression of the Lord's mercy is His granting of the undeserved gift of eternal life. What more incredible act of mercy exists that rather than eternal damnation for which we in our sin and our guilt deserve, that God grants instead eternal life with Him. It's amazing. Dr. MacArthur well describes this aspect as an eager anticipation of Christ's second coming to provide eternal life in its ultimate resurrection form, which is the supreme expression of God's mercy on one to whom Christ's righteousness has undeservedly been imputed, end quote. What a gift we have, that God has saved us, that God has called us, that God is working in us, and that God will glorify us, and that one day we will have eternal life from Him, apart from the difficulty of sin, apart from the failings of our physical flesh, apart from the difficulties of our mind and thoughts and emotion, apart from all of the financial and spiritual ills of this world, we will be with Him, and we will see Him as He is. And this is amazing for us to recognize. One way to consider what is involved for you to pursue righteousness is to think about the opposite. As an example, I know this won't apply to any of you, so I can say it in all good conscience. Um, Let's just say it's Saturday afternoon, and you've been talking all week about finally putting up a few Christmas lights. But then you see the Boise State football game is on TV. And you think, well, maybe I can do it later. Or maybe someone else will do it. Maybe my wife or my kids or somebody. That's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's like saying, as we hear so often, oh, I'm sending good thoughts. Or I'm sending good vibes into the atmosphere. These are ridiculous concepts. Beloved, this will not happen if you do not do it. No, we have to get out of our spiritual lazy boys and pursue righteousness by actively engaging our faith in these four disciplines, by building ourselves up on our most holy faith, growing, studying, digesting, loving the word of God, by praying in the Holy Spirit, be constantly pleading before our Father through the power of His Spirit, and by keeping ourselves in the love of God by recognizing that it is our effort by which we keep ourselves in God's perfect harmony and grace through His strength and through His work, and that we are waiting anxiously for the mercy that comes in eternal life in Christ Jesus. That takes us to our second point and our next verses, and I've titled this next point, Provide Resuscitation. Provide Resuscitation. Look at verses 22 and 23 of Jude with me. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.